Welcome to another victory recap of the Giant Take podcast. A victory for the Giants over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would say the closest ending possible we've had all season. There's been all of the wins have really been close. Uh, I'm not going to lie. But this one, it took inches for the Giants to get the victory today. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Alex. I hate coming up with excuses already for the two of us within the first minute of the podcast, uh, but I do have to do so. So if you can tell from my audio, that's so echoey right now. I'm in the business center of a hotel. Um, yeah, and that's so I'm, or, I'm away. I'm not home. And also, I have a sore throat, which is such a great thing to have when you are a podcaster. And... My friend and co-host Alex is sick, so it's just a dynamic duo of awfulness at the current moment. So this recap might not be as long as your normal because we both suck, and uh, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Alex, besides sick, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I'm gonna try to be upbeat for the 20 minutes or so, or whatever, however long we end up recording for. Um, I mean, this Giants win, man, it was big. Uh, you know, I wasn't yelling and screaming because I couldn't physically yell and scream. Um, and I also knew I was going to probably have to record this later, so probably not a great idea to yell and scream. But on that final drive, uh, I was sure as hell very, very nervous. Um, but huge win for the Giants. Um, obviously, the scoreline makes it seem not as close as it actually was. Uh, obviously, a yard away, really, from the game going in, ja- in the Jaguars' favor. And, uh, you know, it was just a really tight one. A whole bunch of significant injuries. Uh, I, I say a whole bunch, really three significant injuries. Um, and three injuries in total, but all of them being significant. And, uh, you know, Daniel Jones playing well again, showing poise, uh, confidence, and really getting it done, another game-winning drive. And then some of the other supporting cast players, Darius Slayton, uh, you know, Fabian Moreau on defense, some of those guys who have kind of been a little bit off the grid, you can say, uh, for the Giants in the beginning of the season, uh, really stepping up in this one to, uh, you know, get a victory and that was the really important thing and the Giants are six and one that's the crazy thing six and one could you believe that the Giants were six and one uh, you know if someone told me the Giants were six and one are going to be six and one after seven weeks I would have told you you're insane um but um, you know they're not insane the Giants are six and one it's crazy one of the best teams in the NFL I just want to say Alex ESPN does throughout the game have their percentage chance of the team that wins this might have been one of the biggest jumps ever in that standard or, you know, in that statistics. Maybe the Bills-Chiefs game of last year in the playoffs might have been bigger. But at one point, the Giants had a 98.5% chance to win the game when there was, um, when there was uh, over 20 seconds left and it was an incomplete pass by Trevor Lawrence on a second down. That was when it was 98.5% chance to win. That number went down to 55.5 within two plays. Went from 98% to 55.5. So that's how close this game really was, and you all know watching. Three consecutive flags against the Giants defense, which Wink Martindale was visibly upset about on the sideline. As he should have been. (laughs) Yeah, it's something that the defense has to clean up. While there was also a... Very, very generous call towards Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars with that roughing the passer. That's definitely one that's a little softer, um, but the other two are kind of inexcusable. The what It was illegal hands to the face, maybe one of them was, and then the holding. Um, Alex, you're talking. You're muted um, on the... <laughs> 
on the stream yard. But uh, what's See, up? I told you my brain's not working, Josh. I'm sorry. I'm talking now. Now I'm going to have to mute that out from the audacity. It's a whole big thing. Uh, I'm just talking to myself now. But what I was saying is that, you know, the hands to the face one for Dane Belton wasn't really a hands to the face. I think I thought they kind of got bailed out with that one. And the roughing the passer as well, like you said, was generous. But then you saw the Grady Jarrett one a couple weeks back, or maybe that was even last week. Uh, you saw a couple other ones. So it's not surprising that they're calling roughing the passer like that uh, now after we've seen those, but still is frustrating when it's going against your own team. Yeah, yeah, I, and it's tough. Um, and we will get to the positives and negatives that we saw out of this game. I don't know which order you want to go for. I know last week we kind of did the positives and negatives, and then we went like the offense to defense. Um, if you kind of want to just jump around, I'd like to start with Daniel Jones because you mentioned him already earlier. Uh, another consistent game for DJ. Went 19 for 30 for 200, with 202 yards um, and a touchdown. Passing the ball, rushing the ball, once again making an impact, yet still does not know how to slide, and it scares the absolute living crap out of me every single time that man goes, you know, rushing the ball past the line of scrimmage. Although he was very successful at it today with 11 carries for 107 yards, which is almost 10 yards a carry. Also had that rushing touchdown where he just hopped into the end zone after the Jaguars had those three consecutive defensive penalties that just kept inching us, inching us, inching us closer uh, to the end zone. But Jones, very productive today. I just, I, really, the only thing I have to say is rushing the ball. Slide, please. That's all I ask. I mean, the guy had a neck, like multiple neck injuries last year, Alex. He even got surgery on his neck, but he said that was like non-injury uh, football related wise from last year. But whatever it is, I don't want him to have to get another one. So th- there is that one collision today. I think you know what I'm talking about, where he gained eight yards and he went for an awkward slide and it could have been a debatably, debatable helmet, but a helmet to helmet. But the thing is, he wasn't in the position yet. Uh, on the ground to, you know, uh, where you could call that. That's, it scares me as a quarterback. I don't know if he doesn't know how to slide or he's just kind of, you know, being that Giants rough and tough guy fighting for every single yard, which you love to see, but it's also your most prized position. You have to make sure the guy stays healthy. That's it. And then maybe, I, I don't even think, were there a couple of throws here and there that you were like, where is he throwing that today? Not really. Um, I think there was some. There was maybe a couple times where it was like, oh, that guy looks kind of open. He could have thrown it there. There was one or two kind of questionable throws into like double coverage at times. Obviously, there was the interception on that uh, roughing the passer call. So yes, it, w- it wasn't like a perfect game um, by any means, but it was still you know a very good game. I think for Daniel Jones, um, he even had that kind of like frustrating moment. Uh, when Marcus Johnson on fourth down in the red zone had that drop, uh, and then he kind of starts like yelling, catch the ball, Uh, like you can see it with his lips, Um, and it's kind of funny how that all, you know, panned out, I guess, because Daniel Jones always seems to be like this calm guy who doesn't really like yell, he's like just whispers the whole time, and then you see him like screaming at the top of his lungs, like catch the ball, Um, of course I can't do that, Um, but you know, I, I thought that was kind of funny. I would say there's a lot of Giants fans who are really jumping the gun. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones is the future. He's the quarterback of the future, right? He's We're winning a lot of these games. I, don't, I wouldn't say because of him. I also wouldn't say in spite of him, but I still am not completely sold yet. Um, you know, if, it's also about consistency, right? Yes, he's done it for a few games in a row now uh, in the beginning of the season. Can he continue that through the rest of the season where he's continuously, you know, putting in 
good shifts where he's continuously putting this team on his back uh, and not making crucial mistakes or you know not finding the right read at times. I think that's where his progression, uh, you know, and his growth as a quarterback is really going to be seen the most is down the stretch here uh, for the Giants. I, I wouldn't be handing him a blank check yet, uh, as some Giants fans seem to already be doing. And Alex, you mentioned the soft-spokenness of Daniel Jones. The Giants posted out that uh, Let's Go DJ kind of social media social media clip um, of him breaking down uh, the, the, the guys at the end of the game or after the game in the locker room. And everyone's like, speech, speech, speech. He gives the shortest speech, I swear, of all time. He's literally, literally the most awkward person ever. <laughs> so funny. Everyone's like, speech, speech, speech. And he's like, all right, hard-fought game out there. Giants on three. One, two. <laughs> like did not the, the least amount of speaking possible for Daniel Jones um, but but yeah it, it is pretty funny that they you know that you had that lip uh, lip syncing I guess or, or just kind of lip reading clip uh, of him saying catch a damn ball all right so let's let let's stick with the offense I like doing this uh, kind of organization process we've been doing the past couple of weeks let's go from that quarterback position to the running back position talk about Saquon Barkley today the statue uh, towards the first half of the game was like, yeah, you know, I feel like, and this has been consistent though, it's like he's getting a lot of touches, uh, but then it's just the, the yards aren't carrying out to what we've been seeing. So he was at like 15 carries for 64 yards. And you're like, all right, a pretty good day for Saquon Barkley. At the end of the day, um, it looks pretty good on the statue as he cracks over 100 yards rushing. Really towards that third, more fourth quarter, he was breaking out, getting those long rushes that we know from Saquon Barkley. Obviously, there was the one play where he went for about 18, I want to say, um, and he completely shifted. The, the Saquon Barkley we're known to seeing where he uh, originally goes right and immediately after Daniel Jones is behind, uh, you know, under center, hands it off to Saquon Barkley on his right side. There's someone immediately in the black uh, in the backfield on um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Quick cut to the left, and then he keeps on going on that right side. Quick cut to the left again, and then goes from right to left uh, up the field for 18 yards. So that's a play that I remember. Anyway, 24 carries, 110 yards, about five yards per carry, rushing in the receiving game. As we know, Saquon Barkley leading uh, the NFL. I want to say still in scrimmage yards. I don't know about after today. We'll see. He had four catches for 25 yards, just about six yards per catch so another very solid day uh for the Giants starting running back thank you uh for saving this one for me Darius Slayton is back my main man I've been defending him with all my heart with all my might I've been standing up for this guy through through thick and thin Darius Slayton big touchdown 32 yard touchdown catch uh, and then obviously a couple other key receptions uh, for Darius Slayton, and you saw what that man could do, uh, his deep threat, his speed, his burst off the line, uh, and obviously came out with that first Giants touchdown, which really set the tone today, so happy for Darius Slayton. Uh, he was not the leading receiver in terms of receptions, though. That goes to Wandell Robinson, uh, who had six receptions for 50 yards, uh, also looked quite explosive today, I think. The Giants are just going to get him more and more involved this season. I think with Slayton, with Robinson, uh, not so much with Marcus Johnson, it seemed, after this one. Uh, you've definitely got a nice couple of pieces there, but the Giants are definitely just missing that wide receiving piece, uh, You know, whether that be you know your kind of number one traditional guy. Uh, and I think that's really what the Giants are missing, uh, someone who can play across from Darius Slayton on the outside, uh, and obviously uh, with um, Wondell Robinson, excuse me, in the slot. So I think that's something this offense is going to need. 
Uh, hopefully, uh, if you even consider him this anymore, Kenny Galladay comes back as that guy who can play across from Darius Slayton. I know I'm like laughing about it because that's like how it feels, almost silly saying that. Uh, or someone like Kadarius Tony, hopefully coming back soon because Daniel Jones definitely could use the weapons. Um, because right now it seems like he's really only got two options, uh, and one of his options uh, in the passing game actually went out with quite a brutal injury. Uh, you know, the tight end Daniel Bellinger, uh, he went out with that eye injury. Josh, do you have any updates about that? Uh, I, I know he was taken to the local hospital. Could be quite severe. We don't really know. I don't know I'm asking you for updates when we already know that there are no updates, um, but yeah, it looks like he could be in a not great place. Uh, it looked like Devin Lloyd, I believe it was, kind of like poked him in the eye and he was like bleeding. He had to get carted off. He was taken to the hospital. Uh, he was back with the team after, so hopefully he will be okay. But uh, certainly a brutal injury and another guy that's kind of been Daniel Jones's go-to guy uh, who might be out for a few weeks, if not longer. It did not look very good for uh, Daniel Bellinger. Well, after they fly back to New York tomorrow, I know the update is that I'll see a, I hope I'm pronouncing this doctor right, ophthalmologist, right? Isn't that what it is, the eye doctor? I don't know. I'm not an eye doctor person. All right, I think it's, op- I think it's ophthalmologist um, in New York he's going to see tomorrow when they come back. Um, but besides that, also Brian Dable in his post-game press conference said literally, like, quote, looks terrible when it talk, talking about Daniel Bellinger's eye. So um, it looked like, yeah, he literally got punched right in the eye. A scary scene. Hopefully he'll be okay. Um, and, yeah, I, I just I hope for the best um, for Daniel Bellinger because otherwise it's going to be Tanner Hudson, which no offense to Tanner Hudson. It's just he's not at starting number one uh, tight end material. Alex, let's go back to Wondell Robinson. I just like to say the snap count com- tremendously increased for this week. Uh, f- yeah, this week from last week. He had what, 23%? Yeah, I want to say last, last week, week something. Yeah. yeah, something around that range. Today, I mean, we don't have the, the numbers yet. We'll have it, I'm sure, by next episode, of the preview. Uh, but from right now, I have to think it's over 50. I would guess in the uh, 60s and obviously, or seven, low 70s, yeah. So it seems like Wando Robinson is back to fully healthy. Um, I don't want to, you know, jinx anything, but that's what it seems like to this point. Um, and, and that's what I have to say for him. Continuing on the offensive side of things, Alex, should we talk about the other injury that the Giants has sustained um, or the other couple injuries the Giants sustained on the offensive side of things? Well, I don't know. Are we talking about Adoree Jackson? Or I mean, Adoree Jackson came back into the game. He was being evaluated for concussion, yeah. didn't end up going out. Uh, you know, wasn't ruled out for that, came back into the game. So we're not going to talk about him. It sounds like he's okay, hopefully. But Evan Neal uh, went out with that knee injury. He was initially able to walk off on his own power, then was carted to the locker room after going in the blue tent. Uh, according to Adam Schefter, it looks to be a MCL injury. That's usually a few-week injury uh, and not season-ending, luckily, for Evan Neal, but obviously further tests tomorrow or today as you're listening to this. Uh, and Ben Bredesen also went out with a knee injury. Uh, we don't know really, we don't have a prediction, I guess, on the type of injury it could be, but apparently he avoided a major injury, uh, assuming that being a ACL, and hopefully he's not out for the season. But obviously Evan Neal is the very, very important one uh, for the Giants when it comes to that right tackle position. Ben Bredesen luckily is backed up by rookie Josh Azudu, who had a decent game coming in as a replacement, but hopefully both of those guys are going to be back on the field soon. 
Um, and, and that's pretty much it for the injuries, but some very big injuries there for the Giants. Uh, two rookies uh, on offense and, you know, a guy who's very important for the interior of the offensive line um, as a starter and as depth. All right, Alex. So I think we have most of the offense done here so we can shift to the defense starting off with Fabian Moreau. We talk about the man again. I remember talking about how Fabian Moreau has stepped in as this kind of cornerback two um, with Aaron Robinson out. And he's like played pretty, I was like, he's played average. Today, he played good, if not great. Fabian Moreau was in there. He led the Giants, or at least tied uh, Julian Love and leading the Giants in tackles with a total of nine. He also had seven solo tackles that led the team. And then he also had one pass, def- uh, you know, pass deflection, at least stats-wise. But that doesn't talk about how much passes he really disrupted because that's just if you literally hit the ball down. The, the amount of passes that he got in the faces of wide receivers or because of his pressure, the wide receivers dropped the ball completely. There were many occurrences of that today. I'd like to give a shout-out personally to Fabian Moreau because he played lockdown defense. And seriously, that's a guy that I think is kind of like a, I wouldn't say a comeback story, uh, but just like a kind of cool story to see kind of slotting in, doing his job. And he's one of the reasons why the Giants are 6-1 and one right now. I think we should give him more credit then, you know, we have he's kind of like an underdog um, kind of guy because it's just like you don't look to him like, oh, yeah, Fabian Moreau is the reason the Giants are 6-1. And, and I'm not saying he's the main, right? There's Saquon Barkley, there's Daniel Jones. But he is one of the reasons. It's just like those puzzle, piecing to, uh, puzzle pieces coming together. Along with his coaching staff of obviously having Brian Dable here, having Mike Kafka here, having Wink Martindale here, yes, they have a job. But everyone has to do their part in order for a team to be successful. So for this team to be successful, be 6-1 and one with this great winning record, Fabian Moreau has a reason to do with that. And talking about quarterbacks, Adoree Jackson, Alex, getting injured, coming back, immediately making an impact. Being that cornerback one that we love to see, stopping the Jacksonville Jaguars from winning the game. He, there was that play in the right corner end zone. Zay Jones, right, I think, went Kirk. up for it. And he... Christian Kirk went up for it. Thank you. Wait, which one are you talking uh, about? Christian... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just... The one on the, the final drive. It was in the right corner of the oh, end no, zone. Oh, no, that was Zay Jones. And Adoree right. Jackson. Yeah, so, so Zay Jones in the back of the end zone. Um, and Adoree Jackson saved the game for the New York Giants. So, I mean, that, that, that play helped win us the game. Obviously, there were a couple after that. Um, but Adoree Jackson getting injured, coming back, immediately making an impact, getting a couple pass deflections. And also, was he the guy who, who stopped there, that fourth down conversion? Uh... Or not fourth down, that third down before they punted. I do not remember. Yes. Now, no. I think I think so. There was that third down with like four forty left. Yeah, you might be right. Um, and yeah. it was it was in their own territory, and I think it was a pass, a knockdown, a deflection, or something. I think a Dory Jackson disrupted a pass from getting completed. But what whatever. Fabian Moreau, Dory Jackson. I'll t- I'll stop talking. But shout outs to them. Yeah, and Fabian Moreau actually coming into this game was the sixth best man or uh, press man corner according to next gen stats for whatever that's worth uh, alongside guys like Tredavious Ward, uh, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, etc. So uh, nice company there for Fabian Moreau. And then obviously the Giants defense came up big uh, on that fourth and short QB sneak uh, that the Jaguars did. They were able to really pack the center of that defensive line, stop Trevor Lawrence, uh, and turn the ball over on downs. And that was a big turn uh, for the game there uh, and really shifted the game in the Giants' favor. And then obviously that huge final drive 
with the defensive penalties that brought the Jags basically from you know the 20-30 yard line on their side all the way to the red zone. It was crazy. Uh, there was a missed, you know, there was so many missed holding uh, calls on Kayvon Thibodeau. Those were not called. There was a terrible roughing the passer call, quite bad hands to the face call. Uh, the Giants were really up against the refs on that final drive, but they were still able to make that huge stop. Christian Kirk catches the ball at the one yard line and they stuff him uh, inbounds and the clock runs to zero and the Giants go six and one. That's basically how the game ended on that final drive. It was gut wrenching. It was heart wrenching. It was nervous, you know, crazy anticipation of, you know, probably losing again. It's like, oh my God, uh, you know, we've seen this in the past few years, like this can't happen again. Uh, And it was really a Jalen Rager situation. I'm not sure if you remember that from last season, maybe it was that he caught the ball in the one yard line and the Giants ended up winning uh, because they were able to stop him from getting into the end zone. Um, But big win for the Giants, obviously. Yeah, Alex, I mean, looking at the defense today, Dory Jackson also in the stack category, getting two pass deflections, but they had no sacks. This defense had no sacks. This defense had no tackles for loss. Yet they were still able to hold the Jacksonville Jaguars. They gave 470 yards. (laughs) They held the Jacksonville Jaguars to 17 points without recording a single stat in those two categories, sacks and tackles for loss. That is not... You, you, if I told you that the Giants had zero sacks and zero tackles for loss, you would think they lost this game. You would think this would be a blowout <laughs> because that, that is normally a stat that kind of leads to victories. But I just thought that was interesting uh, to mention there. But again, um, Wink Martindale's defense still helps the Giants prevail um, and, and get the win. So shout out to Wink Martindale. Love the shout-outs here on the podcast. Dexter Lawrence, although he doesn't get a sack today, he did pressure Trevor Lawrence quite a bit. Um, the Lawrences really went at it. And obviously, he would have had a sack if they didn't call the rough in the <laughs> if they didn't call the rough in the passer. Sorry, I'm getting a little I'm, I don't want I don't want the other guests to yell at me here. I remember I'm still in the in the business center. I, I don't want to yell that. So I was about to get really loud. But um <laughs> but yeah, um Oh, I really wanted Lawrence to get that sack because I, I've, I've been waiting to say it on the podcast that he's broken his own season record. And I was like, oh, he's going to do it. Nope. Nope, he, he didn't. He didn't. Um, but Alex, I mean, I think we covered everything. Let's see. Let's go to our players to watch from last week. I said Dexter Lawrence. Oh, but I guess that's another reason. I wasn't even thinking about that. But that, unfortunately, does not happen. Josh Allen for the Jaguars. I mean, I, I guess so. Do I get credit for that? I mean, did, did he... Did he do... I mean, for me, Wando Robinson had five, 50 yards, six catches. Evan Ingram had quite a revenge game, too, to be honest. He had a couple big first downs for the Jaguars, which is kind of funny. Um, so it was good to beat him after he kind of like made a you know snide gesture towards the uh, Giants fans in Jacksonville. So I was happy to see that. Uh, I don't you know. They should have panned to his face after the game, but certainly happy that we got the better of him. Yeah, so I would say you went two for two in the players to watch, and I went zero for two this week. So that's kind of unfortunate, but you know it is what it is. And um, yeah, I mean, I think this was a good episode. We we tried our hardest in the conditions that we're in. Uh, we appreciate you listening or watching to the podcast. Obviously, hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you are viewing or listening, and um, go on our social medias on Twitter or TikTok, the Giant Take Pod on Instagram, Facebook, the Giant Take Podcast, Alex on Twitter at anorin twenty three. I'm on Twitter at JoshSolo29, and all that info uh, that I just talked about and even more on how you can support us will be down in the description below or the podcast notes. So 
Be sure to check that out. Alex, wrap this one up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast, and we'll see you all next time previewing Seattle. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.